0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى أتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك، فاللهم صلِّ وسلِّم على سيدنا محمدٍ في الأولين وصلِّ وسلِّم على سيدنا محمدٍ في الآخرين وصلِّ وسلِّم على سيدنا محمدٍ في الملأ الأعلى إلى يوم الدين وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد في كل وقت وحين وعلى اله الاطهار وعلى اصحابه الاخيار وعلى اتباعه الابرار الى يوم الدين يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالاً كثيراً وَنِسَاءَ واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به وَالْأَرْحَامِ إن الله كان عليكم رقيباً يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولاً سديداً يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وما يتأل الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزاً عظيماً وبعض فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله ضلالة ضلالة Today it's going to be a little different. I want to talk about something very, very specific. But I want to talk about it because of the importance of what it means for the greater community in. Not just this country, but the English speaking Muslim world. Earlier this week and late last week, there was a video clip that was circulating of Sheikh Hamza Yusuf from a few years ago discussing the hadith of Imam and Nawawi, the 40 hadith of Imam al Nawawi. And in this clip that was circulating, Sheikh Hamza was discussing the traditional Sunni opinion about the relationship between people and political authority. He was drawing an example between that and the Syrian revolution. I'm not going to talk about what Sheikh Hamza said because I don't think that this is the venue to discuss such a topic. If you want to discuss that, then you need to give me some time offline so I can explain to you where the concept of the siyasa shara'iyah where the sharia literature of statecraft comes from what the Ulama of usul say, what the Ulama of kalam say to explain to you this position I'm not, I don't want to talk about that position all I say is we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to alleviate the suffering of the Syrian people Amen. but what I want to tell you is the following Probably, first of all, just a show of hands, how many people know what I'm talking about have seen this clip? Okay, so most of you, maybe, you know, as my teachers used to say, ignorance is bliss. Maybe it's good that most of you don't know what I'm talking about. So alhamdulillah. So, but let me tell you what I want to talk about in relation to this. I always find inspiration in the protest music of the 1960s. You know, I think they had something going, even though I'm, you know, obviously I was born after that. But there was a great song by Buffalo Springfield in 1966. This is probably one of the greatest protest songs. how does that song begin? There's something going on here. What it is isn't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I've got to beware. I think it's time that we stop. Listen, what's that sound? Something is going down. Now... The, the threat to our community is not that there's a man or a woman with a gun over there, but now the threat in the community is that there's a man or the or a woman with a post over there, with a tweet over there. And I want to tell you this backstory. I'm not going to mention anyone's names because I don't feel it's constructive to criticize people. One of my friends who also studied at Al Azhar, and he's a lawyer, a practicing lawyer in this country, so you know somebody who understands the law, <clears throat> understands logic, understands the Sharia, things like that, he phoned me a couple days ago, or actually I phoned him because he was messaging me and he said, listen, I sent this post because everyone started criticizing Sheikh Hamza. Because this classical Sunni Orthodox opinion about our relationship with political power, it's not compatible with people's uh, Western liberal understanding. So it comes across as crass. If you listen to the clip and you don't understand the background that I just mentioned, you would think that Sheikh Hamza is insulting the Syrian people. You won't understand that this is the position of Imam al-Jawaini, Imam al-Ghazali, al-Idi, al-Taftizani. This is as classical, standard. this is as standard Sunni uh, thinking as you get, but I'm not not here to talk about that. So he was criticized heavily, lambasted, critiqued. And I know Sheikh Hamza personally. Sheikh Hamza is an honorable man. Sheikh Hamza has done a lot for the English-speaking Muslim community. I grew up in the 90s, it was people like Sheikh Hamza that helped save my faith. So I owe a lot, and many people in my generation owe a lot to people like Sheikh Hamza. So my friend who understands what Mm -hmm. Sheikh Hamza was trying to say, he wanted to comment on one of these critiques, to explain that the hadith that Sheikh Hamza cited is in fact sound, and it's usable and things like that. So he wrote this long comment in the, in the Facebook comment, and, and quoting you know, the traditional sources, a very scholarly approach. And you know what happened? This person blocked my friend's quote. Oh. Now if I told you who that person was, you would be shocked. These are, this is somebody that in this country, we hold up as one of these great luminaries, somebody who has frequented the Washington DC area. And he blocked him. He blocked this quote. He blocked this post. He blocked this commentary. So I called my friend and said, I can't believe he did that. That's I mean, you know, you're just responding to what he's saying here. Sheikh Hamza said something, it's taken out of context, which is problematic. And then this person critiques what this like two-minute clip. And then you're commenting on that with Ain, and then he blocks her post. Because this comment interferes with this person's soma with his street cred with his following and then my friend went on to tell me, this is why I don't comment on these things online because I think it's a waste of time but you know what my friend told me? he said not just that but there's another person who I won't name her name and she told him look why don't we just be friends in the real world but let's not be friends online why? because he's interfering with her fame, he's interfering with her writing, he's interfering with her quote unquote professional commentary. Somebody else, my same friend said somebody else in another country. Now these first two people are people that you know. If I said their name, you would know them immediately. People that have verified pages. He told me somebody else, also English speaking, but outside of this country, At least had the decency to send him a private chat and ask him to please remove the content, to remove his commentary. You have the right to drag a man's name in the mud. And you don't allow the free expression or, or back and forth commentary. This is where we are and I want everyone to listen to this because you all are being played. And you are being lied to by these people. The Prophet ﷺ, said, The hour will not come until the fitna, plural, appears. And lying becomes normal and common. And these people are lying. This is not the knowledge that we learned at Al-Azhar or any of the other places of Sunni learning. And at Al-Azhar, the way we learned is that after the Shaykh gives his you know lesson there's a part of the lesson called ta'jiz you have to stumble the sheikh so the sheikh represents one madhhab, one viewpoint and our job was to argue with our own sheikh the other madhab's viewpoint you know we were shafi'i so we learned the shafi'i opinion and then our job in the lesson was to say no but the the ulama of the ahnaf they say this and this hadith is is weak, or they saw this in this hadith, or there's another narration, and we would argue back and forth with the shaykh. What was he teaching us? He was teaching us that there is no monopoly on this knowledge, that this knowledge is the inheritance of Rasulullah. And our job is to ascertain the truth wherever it comes from. Imam al himself, he said, I never debated with anyone. Listen to this. Imam al-Shafi'i talk about street cred. He said, I never debated anyone except I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the truth manifest on my opponent so that I would submit to the truth. Because Imam al-Shafi'i understood that there's something that precedes knowledge. And that's called taqwa. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter if your page is verified. It doesn't matter if you're selling tickets to this or selling tickets to that. This is deen, this is not self-help, this is not uh, professional improvement, this is deen. This has to do with this life and the hereafter. This is serious stuff. And Imam al understood that Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, wa Allah. Have taqwa of Allah, then Allah will teach you. Not the, the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah is not the other way around. The verse in Surah Al-Baqarah is saying, if you have taqwa first, then you will learn. Because this subject matter, it's not like the subject matter, that's secular subject matter. It's not about that. This has to do with practice. You learn this hadith and then you practice it. You learn how to make wudu and then you do it. You learn how to pray and then you pray. You learn how to count, calculate your zakah and then you write the check to zakah. Somebody, you know, God forbid, in your family dies, then you, what do I do? How do I wash the body? How do I shroud it? It's real, real stuff. And when the situation gets serious, these people that I'm talking about that I'm not going to name are nowhere to be found. When people are in real crisis, when people have real questions, you're not going to find them because this is not important for their street cred. This is not important for their online profile. This is not important for the thing that they're trying to sell you. This is not the knowledge that we learn. This is not how the Sahaba learned from the Prophet one of the things that the Prophet ﷺ said about the end of time. He said that the hour will not come until knowledge has been taken from the community. Oh. And knowledge is taken from the community not because we lose the books. You know Baghdad was sacked by the Mongols. There were more books lost then than we have now. But the deen is not lost. I mean we lost a lot. But what we have is, is the deen. We have It's not like we lost the sunnah or lost the Quran. That's not how knowledge is lost. Knowledge is lost when we lose the ulama. When the ulama that spend 10, 20, 30, 50, 70, 80 years studying their subject matter and teaching the students, when they die, and then we're left with this nonsense online. We're left with this fake Islam, diet Islam, light Islam, air conditioned Islam, whatever you want to call it. But this is not the Islam that the Prophet taught the Sahaba, not the Islam that the Sahaba taught the Tabi'een. Look, I make mistakes all the time. You come and and point them out. Why should I be scared if I make a mistake? Unless I have dunya attached to the deen. But if we are here to serve this faith, faithfully follow this faith, faithfully practice this faith, faithfully pass it to our children. Then we want to know, we welcome when somebody points out our mistake. We welcome the other perspective. Why should I, as a Sunni, be scared to sit with uh, uh, my brother or sister from the Shia community and learn their perspective? Am I not confident in our Torah, in our heritage? Why should I, as a Shafi, be scared to sit with, with a Hanafi or a Maliki to learn what they think is the interpretation of this hadith or this verse? Why should I be scared to sit with somebody who disagrees with me? Unless I have dunya attached to the deen. Unless I'm trying to make money out of the deen. Unless I'm trying to get fame out of the deen. Unless I'm trying to get some kind of position out of the deen. I'm telling you, I'm warning you. From the bottom of my heart. I'm warning all of you, especially the young people here from these people online. And let me tell you the worst of them. The people that I mentioned are actually people who they have some, you know, some fragrance of ilm. What's worse than these people are these academics. The people of the think tanks, The people writing their political scientists, political commentary. And arguing that our history, our heritage, our intellectual heritage is not compatible with the modern world. That's not true. This is a lie. Our principles are valid for every time, in every place, and every circumstance. This is a cornerstone of our faith, our belief as Muslims. The Quran is the eternal, uncreated word of Allah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah. You want to tell me that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is not valid now? Then you're not worshiping Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You're worshiping something else. You've created this God with a lower case G and you've submitted to it, whether it's called liberalism, whether it's called republicanism, whether it's called democracy, whatever the case may be, you are worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you don't understand that perspective, you don't understand this ayah, you don't understand this hadith, that's a different story. Let's understand it, but the principles are pretty clear. The principles of the dawla, of the state, of the imam, or the sultan, of the leader, the, pe- the principle of Ahl al-Halli akh the people that bind and loosen, the people that have the power, the shauqah, the, the military and political power to be able to make a substantial change, j- those concepts are eternal. Even when we talk about our own civil war in this country, the, the Confederacy was talking about the same things, about the state, the formation of an army, a constitution. The first thing that they did with the formation of the Confederacy is they drafted a constitution. And then they raised an army, the Army of Northern Virginia, led by Robert E. Lee, who is still hailed today as one, a great American, even though he was on, and the Civil War, by the way, the official title of the Civil War is called the War of the Rebellion. Even in our American parlance, we call it a rebellion. But yet we study these generals, and we study, and we, we forgive them, and society has forgiven them, and it was a blemish, on our, a stain on our growth, uh, our evolution as a republic, as a democracy. But even these concepts that these so-called experts are telling you are are not compatible with our Islamic beliefs, even in this country we talk about them in our secular life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Quran, وَإِنَّ أَكْثَرُهُمْ إِلَّا ظَنَّ لَا min مِنَ الْحَقِّ Most of them follow assumptions. ظن, assumptions. Indeed, assumption does not have anything to do with the truth. In Surah Yunus. And this is the key. Truth is truth. Everything else is not truth. So they are assuming. Even in English, I know there are some million people here, so I don't want to say the expression, but even in English we have, we have an expression about assumption. Assumption only makes a what of you and me. Why do we have this expression even in, see, look, it's tra- look this is the verse of the Qur'an, of course Allah doesn't say that in the, in the verse. But this is the same concept, because an assumption is not based on fact. You think you are right. But what stays is truth. Truth comes and falsehood, uh, truth comes and falsehood vanishes. Because the nature of falsehood is that it vanishes. And I'm telling you that these people, no matter what they write, no matter how many shows on TV, on the weekends, commentary they give, they will not add to your faith. They will not add to our community. And when they pass, they will be forgotten. And this is the sign of true bid'ah, this is the sign of true fitna, this is the sign of true khawarijism is that they are unable to sustain their thinking generation after generation. The only thing that stays is the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam and those that serve it and teach it and pass it on. The Mu'tazilites, who we talk about all the time when we study, where are the Mu'tazilites? Where is this chain of narration going back to the? We don't know. We just they're like the boogeyman. When you study Islam, Islamic theology, you're always talking about you know unlike the lights who say this. Who, where are the lights now? So we can ask them. Nowhere to be found. These people will be the same thing. But the reason I wanted to share this story with you is to show you what happens. Do not be deluded by what you see online. Stop, like the song says. Think about what you're hearing. Read those comments and notice how everybody on this uh, thread supports that post and there's no opposing views, for example. And see where is the dunya in all of this. See how people are using this faith for dunya in all of its manifestations. So let this be a warning for all of us. Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Wa Salatu Salaam wa Ala Sayyidina Wa Ala alihi wa Sahbihi wa man wala. So, Allah corrected me. The ayah is 36 in Surah Tunis about assumptions and truth. Ayah 36 in Surah Tunis. Moving on to lighter matters. Next Saturday, we have a taste of ICCP. It's a food festival that will be here in the mosque. It will be from 12 to 3. There will be food from over 15. Uh, countries represented, the admissions fee is $5, we have these flyers outside, so please, a lot of work has gone into to putting this together, it's going to be a fun time, a social time for the community, inshallah. As for the classes, tonight, Sirah is at 7.30, and then Sunday morning with tarif, uh, same time, inshallah, after Fajr prayer, uh, at 6 o'clock. Please don't take any offense to what I'm saying, I'm very passionate because this is a serious threat to the, com- to the English-speaking Muslim community. I'm not talking, just to reiterate, I'm not talking about the Syrian revolution, I'm not talking about Hafiz al-Assad, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that stuff. I want you to see what happens behind the scenes, how these things are talked about. And how these things online, is. this is not the place to learn. This is not the place to learn your deen. This is not how you are going to be able to learn the kitab and learn the sunnah. If you have questions about that issue itself, I'm happy to talk to you about it, professionally, respectfully but please I, and I sincerely mean this especially for the young people be very careful whom you take your deen from be very very careful because this is a serious matter I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us to protect our faith and to protect us from all fitna I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us away from all tribulations in this community and make us safe from all of the fitna that is around us I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the light of this faith in our heart to give us light of the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in our heart i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy and blessings on our parents Amen. and on those who have passed before us i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our children to protect their innocence and to protect their deen i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give success to all of our students in this academic year i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these blessed days of the month of muharram may this new hijri year be a, a year of renewal for us a year of nearness to Allah and nearness to the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, for all those who are ill and sick. I ask Allah for a quick and speedy recovery for all those that are in debt. I ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la to meet our financial obligations. I ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la to descend upon us with his love and his mercy. May he make this community even stronger and tighter and may it grow in the best of way. May it be like the verse says, a beautiful word, a beautiful tree that grows uh, firmly in the earth, with branches that grow profusely in the in the air. I ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to alleviate all of the suffering for our brothers and sisters in Syria, for the Rohingya, for our brothers and sisters in Kashmir, for all of our our our. Muslim brothers and sisters everywhere, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide them safely out of their tribulation. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability and the strength to help them. May our dua reach them. May they find comfort with this dua. May they find comfort on this blessed day of Jummah, in this blessed time of Salatul Jummah, in this blessed month of Muharram. Mahdina Haday. wa barik lana atayt <تصفيق> اللهم تقبل صلاتنا وصيامنا وقيامنا وركوعنا وسجودنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم احشرنا تحت لواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة واسقنا من يده الشريفة شربة ماء لا نضمأ بعدها أبداً اللهم ادخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب ومتعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخلد يا رحيم اللهم ارحم حينا وميتنا وحاضرنا وغائبنا وارفع أيدي الأمم عنا وأقمنا بالحق بالحق وأقم الحق بنا وآخر دعوان أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت المؤمنين كتابا موقف